Hello, and welcome to the Antioch Fort Worth weekly podcast. At Antioch, our desire is to cultivate a passion for Jesus and his purposes on the earth. To connect with us in community, partner with us through giving, or visit on a Sunday morning, please visit AntiochFortWorth.com. We hope you enjoy this week's sermon from lead pastor Jamie Miller. It's great to be together. It's great to worship. And even though we're doing it in a little bit unorthodox way as we're gathering online, God is good, and it's great to worship Him. And if you want to open your Bibles right now, go ahead and open up to 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3. We'll get there in just a minute. And I, I do want to just give, again, just a, just a shout out to the moms. It is Mother's Day, and uh, just, just uh, we're so thankful for moms. And I, Kim and I were having a picnic out in the backyard. We've been doing some of these. The weather's been good. We've been having some picnics out in the backyard, and um, and so we were, she was brainstorming a bit and I ran and grabbed my computer because she had some good ones go and we were like the, thankful for the different types of moms. And so you've got, and no two moms are the same. So we've got first time moms, moms with uh, children that don't live at home anymore, like this one right over here. Uh, we've got uh, moms in the thick of raising their children. We've got working moms and stay at home moms. We've got single moms Homeschool moms, well, I mean, that's kind of everyone in COVID. Um, we got moms with natural children, moms with adopted children, moms who aren't moms yet. We've got uh, moms with spiritual children, moms who feel that they are in their sweet spot of mothering right now. And we've got moms who don't feel like they're in their sweet spot of mothering just right now. So we, we've got all of that. We've got moms who feel challenged right now. We've got uh, grandmoms and great-grandmoms and stepmoms and teen moms and PTO moms and quiet moms and loud moms. We've got all of that. And, you know, even the Apostle Paul, here's an interesting one, he said, even though we're apostles, he was talking in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 7, he said, even though we're apostles, we were caring for you Thessalonians. We were like a mother caring for her little children. And so even sometimes dad can be kind of like moms and their mothering. And we need that so much. You know, we are made in the image of God, both male and female. And a big chunk of the whole female, half the humanity, half of humanity uh, is involved in mothering of some kind of sorts. And we need it during this crazy time that we're living in. We need that nurturing, loving, the things that you would associate with a loving, caring mom, and with a loving, caring dad, too. We need it all during this season right now. And I just want to say, yeah, before I go on, we're thankful for you, moms. And may the Lord bless you. May his face truly be upon you. May you be encouraged with just great faith and hope and love during this time. May your children come around you. May you be blessed in all that you do. May you persevere. May you be filled with hope and keep going and not back down. Now, it's a tough season, and we bless you, and we're so thankful for you. And, you know, because it's a tough season, you know, it's a, this is a great time to talk about resurrection and hope, and hope. And, and so I, I want to frame it that way. You know, we're, we've been in this series called This Changes Everything about the resurrection for the last several weeks. So Easter is obviously Resurrection Sunday, but we wanted to keep that going, and, and we've talked about resurrection and the new day. 
that God's ushering in new creation with the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. We want to talk about, that second week we talked about resurrection and the journey. Just look into Jesus on the journey of life, in our, uh, uh, j- just on, on the road, and in breaking bread, and in the scriptures, and in remembering him. And then we talked about the resurrection and peace and how Jesus comes in behind closed doors and brings peace to us in the midst of our anxiety and trials. It's interesting how all of these messages, they've been bringing faith and hope and love just over and over and peace in the midst of what's going on. Last week we talked about resurrection and restoring love, how Jesus was calling Peter, man, you've been out of it, but come back in. Do you love me? Feed my sheep. And so we want to take it a step further today and talk about resurrection and hope. And, you know, this is one of those things where we, I mean, we really need this word right now. I need it. Um, I know you need it. I, this past Tuesday, I was just worshiping. I was listening to some worship music, and all of a sudden, I just felt, like, overwhelmed. And all the words seemed like they were just talking right to my heart, and suddenly I felt sad. And I don't know why. But I felt overwhelmed, I felt sad, I felt like I was in a hole and I couldn't see. And it was just this crazy time, and, and in the midst of that next hour of prayer and crying out to God, I met him, and he met me, and he pulled me out of the hole that I was in. But I think there's a lot of us, and I was like, what was going on? What was all that about? And I think there's just a lot of different kind of pressures in our lives right now where we need Just the revelation that God loves us and he cares about us and he's bringing faith and hope and love to us. We we need that right now like like never before. And, you know, I I was smiling too, just thinking about the fact if if you've ever, uh, I don't know how many of you guys have done preaching or teaching, but if you ever have, you know, you have to kind of live through it before you actually do it. And so it's not surprising that I was struggling with some despair about to preach a message about hope. And so um, we're going to do this. The resurrection, if I'm going to just put this into one soundbite, it's that the resurrection shapes the way we hope, the way we endure, the way we are formed, and our impact on others and the world around us. That's what the resurrection does. It changes everything. And so that's a word for mothers and for fathers and children and parents and relationships, and employers, and employees, and all the different facets and ways that we live our lives in the world around us. And so the way I'm going to tackle this today is by just touching on what did Peter say, what did Paul say, and what did John say. So let's just look at this. The first one is living hope from Peter. So we were talking about Peter last week, and Jesus revealed himself to Peter and said, come on, I want you to feed my sheep. And so Peter lives this life. And just like Jesus said, it wasn't all easy. There were trials. There were sufferings along the way. And listen what Peter says in his first epistle, 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 3 through 9. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his, in his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. And I want us to get that that this living hope is because Jesus is raised from the dead into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade, kept in heaven for you, who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. 
In this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. These have come so that your faith, of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may be proved genuine and may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. Though you've not seen him, you love him. And even though you've not seen him, uh, you, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with inexpressible and glorious joy for you're receiving the goal of your faith, the salvation of your souls. I mean, wow, that is such a good word for us because we, what, what he wants us to get here is that when we put our faith in the, the fact that Jesus Christ is raised from the dead, it births living hope in us. We, it just There's a hope. It's an unshakable, unquenchable, unstoppable hope because Jesus Christ is raised from the dead. There's always going to be hope for us. And if you follow that process through that passage, that's just kind of the way life is. You know, we've got this incredible promise and we're shielded by faith, but God wants faith released in our lives. And we go through hard stuff. Can I get a witness out there? We suffer grief and different kinds of trials, but those trials are like fire that we're going through that helps make our faith even more and more real. So that when Jesus Christ is revealed, there's praise and honor and glory to his name. And so even though we don't see him now, we're just filled with this inexpressible and glorious joy because that's where faith, hope, and love go. It, it leads to joy, to the purpose for which we were made, being in the image of the, the triune God of love and the, the creator. And representing him brings joy in our lives right now. So, so the first piece is Peter, a living hope. The second piece there, let's look at Paul, which is persevering hope. Anybody need some of that? A little bit of persevering hope. So here's, uh, here's Paul. Paul, and, and I'm going to spend a little time next week unpacking even more of what Paul has to say and talk about resurrection and theology and try to kind of pull some of these different pieces all together uh, that, that we would have a resurrection faith. And, uh, but listen to Paul right here. He's in the Sanhedrin, and man, he's under arrest. He's in trouble. And then Paul, knowing that some of them were Sadducees and others were Pharisees, he called out in the Sanhedrin, My brothers, I'm a Pharisee, the son of a Pharisee, and I stand on trial because of my hope in the resurrection of the dead. Okay, that's pretty powerful. You know, Paul's being very clear. His hope is in the resurrection of the dead. Well, he also knows that the Pharisees also believe in that. And the Sadducees don't. That's why they're sad you see right so if you learned that as a kid that you get to use it again right there but but the point here is that the, the pharisees really did believe that the resurrection was coming what they didn't believe what they didn't understand was that the that coming age was going to break into this age in the resurrection of jesus christ from the dead that's why we live in this in-between time now where we're anticipating and expecting and inaugurating the kingdom that's to come right now. So really huge. So Paul gives more language to that in a number of different places, but turn over to Romans chapter 8, verse 22. And I'm also going to get to Romans 5 in just a second. But in Romans 8, verse 22, he's talking about new creation and the future glory of the creation. And he says, we know that the whole creation has been groaning 
as in the pains of childbirth right up to the present time. Not only so, but we, we ourselves who groan inwardly as we await eagerly our adoption as sons, the redemption of our bodies. So part of what we're waiting on is resurrection. Not, not just we're going to heaven one day, but literally the resurrection of our bodies from the dead. We'll talk more about that next week, but God, through Jesus Christ, is victorious over death, over death. And so we await the redemption of our bodies, for in this hope we were saved. This is part of the hope of the gospel is that we, with Jesus, will be raised from the dead. For in this hope we were saved. But hope that's not seen, uh, excuse me, but hope that is seen is no hope at all. Who hopes for what he already has? But if we hope for what we do not yet have, we wait for it patiently. So let me give you a few more handles for this hope. Turn over back to Romans chapter 5. This is a great passage, and it's super encouraging when we think about hope in this season. Therefore, chapter 5, verse 1, therefore, Since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we've gained access by this faith, by faith into this grace in which we now stand. And we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. I want to just pause there because this hope is in the glory of God. And we use glory. Glory is a big word, the outshining manifestation of the perfections of God. I mean, you can put all kinds of definitions on it, but it's, it's, it's the way God is. And one way to define glory is to say that it is as it should be. It's, it's the way things ought to be. And we, we long for the glory of God. We long for things, our world, to be as it should be. And right now, it's not there yet. And I mean, I was broken this past, this grieving this past week when I heard the news about Ahmaud Arbery and just the, this tragedy, the sinful death that he died, it's unjust. And, and I was texting with a few different brothers in the church and trying to bring some encouragement. And part of it for me was working on this message about hope and going, you know, guys, there's coming a day when it's not going to be this way. It's not going to be this way anymore. There's coming a day when injustice is going to be replaced with justice, when peace, when, when war is going to be replaced with peace, and when hatred is going to be replaced with love. That day is coming, and we live to welcome that in right now. So the hope of the glory of God, the, the glory is, even for us as human beings, it's, it's like the image. You know, the, we've fallen short of the glory, the image. Of God. It's another way of thinking about that, that we hope for the way things ought to be in the world, come on, and in us, in us who believe. So we hope in, in the glory of God, the hope of the glory of God. It, uh, one more. It's just like Colossians 1.27. You know, this mystery has been revealed. It's Christ, the living Christ in us is the hope of the glory of God. It's of all things being made right. I can't do it but my faith is in Jesus Christ. I can't, I can't get it all together enough. I can't think the right thoughts enough. But you know there's one who can. There's only one person who can live the Christian life. His name is Jesus Christ, and he lives in us. And that is where our faith ultimately is. It's in him and in his faithfulness. Amen. So let's keep going. So not only so, but we also rejoice 
in our sufferings. That's an NIV 84. I don't know if it says it in the newer translations, but, but what a great word. I was listening to my dad in the Lord, a guy named Don Finto, and, uh, and, and he, I just listened to the video yesterday. I was telling him, I was like, Don's doing this passage. I was already on it too. But he, he said, you know, suffering is, there's nobody in Scripture that comes to maturity or grows up without going through sufferings. That's, that's, that's just tri- trials. It's, and and I've, I've been reminded, I don't know about you guys, but I want to just say this word, that I've been reminded again and again through this time. And even on that Tuesday when I had a, just a really uh, just tough time and I had to pray and seek God. And, and one of the things I felt like the Lord was saying to me was, you are not going to be the same on the other side of this. This is not normal, and you're not going to be the same on the other side of what you're going through right now. So not only so, but we rejoice in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance. So there we go, persevering hope. And perseverance, character. And character, hope. And hope does not disappoint us because God has poured out His love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit whom He has given us. And so we walk through this path of sufferings and perseverance and character and hope and receiving the love of God that he's poured out into us by his very being, his very presence, his very Holy Spirit that he's given to us. And we, this is the way we walk forward. This is the way we persevere. This is when we hit the wall and we go, I can't believe it's this hard that there is a persevering hope that God gives us, a living hope. And here's the thing. Just like Peter, in the first passage I read, was saying, we've got a living hope in the, because of Jesus Christ raised from the dead. One of the things Paul's hitting on here is, and he's going to hit on it in 1 Corinthians, is we also have a persevering hope because we are going to be raised from the dead. So it's Jesus raised and us raised with him. Persevering hope. And then John is the last one. Let's turn back to 1 John. This is, would be toward the end of the first century. John is writing this letter, 1 John, and we'll read the first three verses of chapter 3. How great is the love that the Father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. The reason the world does not know us is that it did not know Him. Dear friends, now we are children of God, and what we will be has not yet been made known. But we know that when he appears, we shall be like him, for we shall be, we shall see him as he is. And everyone who has this hope of seeing him purifies himself just as he is pure. So the way this works is John is going, we're going to see the resurrected Lord and we're going to be like the resurrected Lord. He's not talking about resurrection per se, but but that's we're going to be like him just as he is. And in that hope, we purify ourselves. We are not content to stay where we're at because we are going to be formed and shaped into the image of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, the resurrected Lord. And so we live now in anticipation of what's coming. So it's it's a way of inaugurating holiness. We purify ourselves because he's pure. We don't just keep doing whatever, we, we live for Him. And I, I want to say, whatever you treasure, whatever you focus on more than anything else is what you're moving toward. 
That's, that's true for all of us. We are moving toward what we treasure, what we put our focus on. And this is a word for anybody that's struggling with addiction or ongoing sin. Uh, the way we have, and there's lots of things to say here, but the beginning of freedom is seeing Jesus. It, the beginning of uh, just is treasuring Jesus. When we treasure Jesus Christ, it cuts the root of sin out of our lives. It, it just, when we're looking to him and treasuring him, it's, and there's other pieces of that. We died with him and we're not living for those old things and our habits need to change, some things like that. But it's the treasuring Jesus, seeing him. Everyone who sees him purifies himself. We have this hope of becoming like him. And it's powerful. I mean, when you really start unpacking that, what I'm saying is that that future of him and our destiny to become like him is breaking into the present. It's not just in issues of holiness. It's, it's everything. It's all of life. We want to live just lives because justice is coming. We want to live peaceful lives because peace is coming. We want to live lives of love because love is coming. We want that to break in through us in the name of Jesus. We want to live lives that express healing because healing is coming. We want to make things right with all of our lives because that's what's coming. It's coming. <sighs> and so what does this hope mean for us? Purifying hope, persevering hope, living hope. What does it mean for us? And what it means is whenever we face, and here's where it gets really practical, whenever we face things that are the opposite of hope in our lives, discouragements, disappointments, depression, the, the different ways we get down or we blow it or we think, man, I can't believe I'm doing this thing again. I just want to say we always have hope because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and him bringing us into that life, him expressing that life in us. We know that it won't always be this way. We won't always be wearing masks around. And just even saying that is like, okay, amen. And you know what? We won't always be dealing with the stuff that we're dealing with right now. There's hope for tomorrow. There's always hope because of the resurrection. Even when I think about just some of the anxieties that we face in our relationships, the anxieties and pressures that we feel, just partly because we're so connected technologically with our phones and just, I, and I even notice it in some of the younger folks, maybe even more. We don't know where we stop and another person starts. And that creates great anxiety of identity, just an anxious kind of who am I kind of deal in life. I just want to say the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ is that there's hope because he is alive. He is alive and he reigns and that reign is coming to earth. How did Peter, Paul, and John make it through the incredible trials that they made it through? And it just, you think about their lives, they went through so much stuff and it's because they knew that Jesus Christ is the living Lord. He's the living Savior, and we are going to be raised with Him. The resurrection shapes the way we hope. It shapes the way we love. It shapes the way we're formed and the way that we as moms and dads and brothers and sisters and parents and employers and employees, the way we help to form others that are within our sphere of influence. That's what the resurrection hope does in us. We are not like men who have no hope. We don't grieve like other people grieve. 
we know that Jesus Christ is coming again. And when he does, he's going to bring with him those who have gone with him already and raise us up with him as well. Just, it's good news. And there is hope for the situation that you're in right now. Increasing hope brings increasing faith. That's where faith grows, is in, is in the, the seedbed, the, the, the soil of hope. Faith grows up out of that, and love grows out of that. And it's interesting, just week after week, I just want to keep encouraging you guys. Faith, hope, and love in the resurrected Lord. This changes everything. It really does. So let's pray. Father, thank you so much for just my brothers and sisters around the church. Everyone is watching wherever they're at in the States, around the world. Lord, I just pray your blessing right now that there would be a connect of resurrection hope for every discouraging relationship or situation or dark hole or troubled place that they find themselves, uh, a mom who's struggling or a dad who's struggling or kids or parents are struggling just because we can't be with people that we want to be with right now and receive that encouragement. Lord, would you bring the hope that comes through the resurrection right into the living room right now for every situation, every, everything that needs encouragement. In the name of Jesus, amen. So, may the Lord bless you. May he bless you with hope today that just overwhelms every discouraging, doubtful, depressive kind of thing. May that resurrection hope rise up and move in your house, in your family, in your life right now in the name of Jesus. I love you guys. May the Lord bless you and keep you. Can't wait to see you, really. I love you so much. Amen. Lord bless you.